welcome to episode two of the New and Improved Backstreet Jam Podcast. I'm Ben Roman. And I'm Zach Spuds for Duty. How you feeling this week, Zach? I'm on cloud fucking nine right now, Ben. It is December 2nd, and sources confirm that John Wall is going to be wearing two in Houston. Match made in heaven, man. I'm, 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 I can't wait to start this pod. Can't wait to start this season. Let's fucking go. Yeah, I mean, uh, you might be the only Rockets fan I know that's uh, excited about John Wall and his $45 million contract. Uh, what about that excites you? Ben, there is so much. I, I wrote down a whole legal pad. I filled up a whole three-subject spiral of, of thoughts I had today. I was just content machine up here, dude. I was just thinking of content. wrote it all down. When we get to the segment, I promise I will inform you I of the excitement. In H-Town. Wow. I'm barely holding back my excitement right now. Uh, before we get to that, what is your beer of the week, Zach? What is your Kevin McHale? Cue the music. Is the music cue? I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it right now. Okay. I am drinking in honor of the Houston Rockets being relevant again. I am <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking a Houston brew from Eureka Heights called Mini Boss. It is a dank, grapefruity, and slightly tiny IPA. Mm-hmm. It's me in that championship, maybe second round exit move, you know, but more championship move. Mm. Yeah, I, and maybe even first round exit move. You never oh. know. I mean, I, I, John Wall's seen his fair share of those. I mean, but Russell Westbrook did too, so. Exactly. Yeah, it's like seat switching on the Titanic. So that I, that's the last two, 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 two sinking ships recycling the content here. So what are you drinking this week, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> well, earlier this week I had a dazzling oh. amber amber brew uh, from local brewery here in Milwaukee, East Troy Brewery. It's an electric amber. Um, when I first took a drink, I almost like I didn't know how to describe it. It was like very complex. I almost got peanut butter. But it was—it's more like it was more caramely, and it had—it uh, was very malty and bready, uh, just a very full-tasting amber brew that I enjoyed, and paired with the Packers uh, destroying the—was uh, it? Did they even play? They played the Bears. Just annihilated the Bears. Bears had no prayer. Uh, tell your tell your Chicago uh, Bears fan Godfather that I say hi. By the way. Um. Uh. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. Um. With that being said, let's move on to our airballing of grievances, the part of the show where we talk about something we need to get off our chest this week. Zach, I'll let you go first. Thank you, Ben. And this is kind of a segue, and this is going to be a topic moving forward. But I kind of just want to touch on it now because it's something that I just want to get off my chest. Mm-hmm. This whole notion of untradeable contracts. It, it, it grinds my gears, my dude. Think about this, okay? So you've got players like Clay Thompson. You've got players like Damian Lillard. They're signing these massive extensions, well-deserved, well-deserved. At what point will will those be untradeable? Dame's got until 2025, and then Clay's been off-injured lately. 
at what point are those going to be considered bad contracts? In my opinion, they shouldn't ever be considered bad contracts. I think the only bad contract of this bunch so far is the CP3 deal, and that needed to happen in order for uh, Chris Paul to sign off on the sign-and-trade. And that was an experiment that almost worked, but I digress. These players, they, they are their rookie deal, and then once they get off their rookie deal, then they may then they sign this massive deal in their prime, and maybe they get hurt. But when these guys signed their deals, they weren't bad deals to sign. These guys are guys in their prime, making all-star games, making all-NBA teams. Well, Nick Batum was a bad deal when he signed it. That's a bad deal. I'm talking about superstar players. I'm not talking about, like, okay. let me, let Matthew, me. Matthew Della Vadova was a bad deal when he signed it. I'm missing the point. My, My Miles point. Plumlee's four years, $52 million deal with Milwaukee was a bad deal when, when they signed it. Yeah, obviously, Timothy Mozgov. <laughs> well, um, Yeah. So those are bad contracts. Those are the contracts I'm talking about that are bad contracts. I'm talking about giving a star player money in his prime and then criticizing it later because he got injured. I don't like that. I well, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think many people think that the John Wall like contract was terrible when he signed it. Like he was a very good player at the time. Look back on it and say like, wow, you gave all that money, to, or I don't know. It's like when the, the Westbrook thing. You gave all that money. He's a guy who's thirty-two and he's got two years left on the deal. He's he signed an MVP. In his, if you're going to give anybody that deal, it's an MVP. And the Thunder needed to keep him at the time because that was the all, they weren't into full you know gathering first round picks mode yet. So they needed to pay him as could in order to keep him. Same with the Dane deal. You got to pay these guys in order to keep. Yeah, them. especially when you're a small market team. Especially when you're a small market team. So my to wrap it up, I just don't like when people look back and do this hindsight's 2020 thing on giving a star player a massive deal for they deserve it. If you're calling hindsight 2020, that's an insult to hindsight, I think. It's been a trash year. But, uh, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, my airballing of grievance uh, this week stems from some comments that were oh. made um, that I didn't really appreciate. So... <laughs> Basically, LeBron is still making the bubble strike all about him. Back when the uh, back when the players decided to strike uh, for a day and not play any NBA games, LeBron was a little miffed that he wasn't consulted as the commander in chief of the NBA players. Um, here's what he had to say uh, in a recent interview. So this is. Very recent, so he's still dwelling on this from March. Um, They've made a decision to boycott the game because of what happened in their backyard back in Milwaukee with another innocent black man being gunned down, James recalled. So I got on the phone with Chris Paul because their game was next and called him and Russ and told them straight up, there's no way we can go out on the floor as Lakers and play our game with what just transpired. What are you guys going to do? And they felt the same way. We were going to look stupid if we went out and played and Milwaukee decided to sit down and we've been preaching this solidarity thing as a brotherhood because we are a brotherhood, even when you get blindsided from your brother. He went on to say, when we're all together as an army, if we're an army and we're going out to battle and we say we're here in solidarity and someone in the front lines decides to go before and we say charge, now we're all caught off guard. So that's what happened. And to be honest, I was ready to walk away. I was ready to walk away. 
I'd called my wife and told my mom and told them I was probably headed home. So LeBron is upset that uh, the Milwaukee Bucks decided to not play in a game after uh, there was another shooting of an unarmed black man in Milwaukee. Um, he was upset because the team made a decision five minutes before tip-off that they just weren't going to go out and play. It was led by George Hill and Sterling Brown. And because they didn't consult with LeBron first so that he could make the announcement and coordinate this league-wide strike, LeBron is very upset uh, that he didn't get to be the star of the show. Uh, I'm just a little bit uh, miffed at that. A little case of, uh, mis- you know, misdirected priorities. What do you think about that, Zach? He should be I, – I don't – I agree with you. And some of his quotes lately have been LeBron. He, he kind of does this every now and then. After he won in 2016, he went off about how he thought he was the greatest player of all time. It's just – I don't know. Maybe it's like the championship hype. But I, back to this is, you know, he should be supporting the movement for everything it came from. It came from the heart. It came from what they thought about in the moment. And It wasn't they, about him. Exactly. They, they have no – obligation to contact him and they, they could have reached out and said hey we're doing this but they did it and that's the reach out it's up to him to to fall in line to their to their orders so right nobody made lebron the general of uh, all nba players in his quote-unquote army that he uh, talks about you know i mean it was something that was very close to the heart of george hill and sterling brown who had been a victim of police brutality in milwaukee um so I just think, like, it's ridiculous that LeBron is making this about him. And George Hill and Sterling Brown and the Bucks had no obligation to talk to Rich Paul, Rich Paul and the uh, Banana Boat brothers beforehand. So that's my airballing of grievance for the, uh, for the week. Just like we can't, like, tell people when um, how or when or how to feel about something. They expressed what they felt in that moment, and they should be supported for that and not brought back to LeBron. Right, right. But enough about LeBron. Let's get on to something Zach has been itching to talk about ever since the news dropped. Zach. Yes, my man. How are you feeling about the Russell Westbrook-John Wall trade? So Houston gets protected 2023 first-round pick in the deal. So here are the protections as reported by, I believe Shams tweeted this out. So in 2023, lottery protected. 2024, top 12 protected. 2025, top 10 protected. Uh, Top 8 protected, 2026. And then it becomes two second rounders if uh, all those protections stand through 2027. So basically, this is a straight-up Russell Westbrook for John Wall trade with a little pick in there for PR value. Yeah, I mean, I could give a shit about the pick. <laughs> I, I, I thought, I thought be, you know, before the podcast you were talking about how, you know, we get a pick in there, that's great. That's that's that, that's awesome. I'm happy with would, the pick. It would be great. On the last podcast I actually said, you know, I said if any, tra- any, any team could trade for this contract, it would be us because we have that same contract. We have the exact same contract. Russ and Wall will make 41. 44 and 47, they both have a player option, their final deal in 2023. They have basically the same exact deal. But I think, okay, so let's let's just go into it. I think that, A, John Wall, I mean, it's not I think, John Wall, three-point percentage has just been 
better. He had a kind of a down year before he got hurt, but you know, around 33, 34, 35%, which is much better than Westbrook. He's not a selfish passer, so he passes to help the team, not to just pad his stats. He is a more controlled player, so I, I think he has a higher IQ for the game. He doesn't crash into, like, four defenders. He doesn't force things. I think Westbrook is a great player, but he forces a lot of the issue. He he drives when he doesn't need to. He has a – kind of how I play. He has a preset move before he goes into the paint, whether he's going to pass, shoot. And if that doesn't work, then it, it looks bad. He, he turns the ball over a lot because of his, his lack of control. I think Wall is a more willing defender. He has an all-NBA team. Westbrook doesn't. And he also – I think it, it's actually – I mean – Wall has played with Bradley Beal. He's played with a uh, a stud shooting guard before, so he kind of knows how to work with. And obviously, Harden Harden is more of a ball dominant player than Beal is, but Beal definitely is a ball dominant player of his own. So he kind of has that uh, prior history in working with him. And then also this whole injury thing. Who knows? Who knows? Honestly, like. A, Westbrook wanted out, so whatever we got back was great. The fact that we got a player who says he's 110% healthy back in May and he's had since May to heal up, you know, players tout their own health, and we'll see how he plays. But it's not like Westbrook is, you know, doesn't have an injury, but he, he has ice packs on his knee on the first quarter in games. He has knee issues. He, goes, he, went, he had a scope on his knee last season. So Westbrook is dealing with injuries as well. Wall's two years younger, so he has less wear and tear, but obviously the Achilles. Um, so, you know, also the little John Wall and Demarcus Cousins reunion, little wildcat, little wildcat reunion. So wow, this is this could be a super team, you know, with John Wall, James Harden, Demarcus Cousins, Christian Wood. You guys are stacked. Yeah. If this team was in like 2017, it'd be amazing. But we got two guys coming off Achilles. Bottom line, before I send it over to you, I just think we got a guy who has a better basketball IQ, and we've seen what happens with Westbrook in the playoffs. He's chaotic, he demands the ball, and he forces an issue that he doesn't always have to solve. I think Wall will fit better and be more of a team player. I think he is a baby. It's like if Chris Paul and Westbrook had a baby. That's a prime John Wall. Well, Chris Paul is a much better shooter than John Wall has ever been. But, I mean, he's – John Wall is definitely, like, a marginally better shooter than Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's never been a great three-point shooter. Neither is Westbrook, um, except for, like, a couple seasons in there. But, I mean, it's really the injury history. Like, John Wall hasn't been healthy for a year and a half. So, we'll see how that pans out. Um, at the end of the day, does this help you retain Harden? Does it matter? Are you tanking anyway? Like, are you going to end up trading Harden before the deadline? We don't know what Houston's plan is. I mean, it's not a lot to get out of a guy that you spent two first-round picks on to downgrade from Chris Paul. So that, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. It It hurts now, sure, uh, doing that. But, I mean... They probably wouldn't have been able to trade Russell Westbrook for anything else, given you know just the optics of what transpired in the playoffs. Regardless of if he was you know hurt or coming off an injury during that time, which I think he was. I think that part of his playoff 
at least part of his playoff struggles this year were due to that, although he hasn't really shown anything different in the prior years when he was healthy. But then again, he was on his own then. So uh, another you know minor tidbit from this trade, Westbrook gets the team back up with his old coach, Scott Brooks. Uh, yes. So get the reunion of that. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's good. I think we, we talked about that uh, pretty good. Uh, you have one more thing? One more thing is you raise a good point is it kind of depends about Harden. If Harden's staying, you know, I, I'm super hyped for this season. And But if Harden's leaving and Harden wipes out, then we get to see what John Wall does. We can see if he's healthy. And then maybe we could trade John Wall for uh, – uh, exactly. Like who? I mean, I don't know. So it's, it's not, this, this has it's echoes different. of the Knicks uh, piling up power forwards to try to trade them at the deadline. Uh, echoes of that. But uh, go on. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just looking forward to. It. And you know, the Westbrook deal for Chris Paul. Yeah, that in hindsight that looks bad because Chris Paul is a much more efficient player. But that's what Harden wanted, and Rockets every step of the way. What well, now Harden, Harden wants to play in Brooklyn. <laughs> it's whatever Harden wants, you know. Whatever. John he wants. Wall's team now. John Wall's team now. Okay? <laughs> and Christian Wood and Demarcus Cousins. Harden's the third option after Christian Wood. All right, yeah. moving on. You guys are stacked. Uh, so next on the agenda, <laughs> the Christmas Day schedule dropped. Uh, so we got Pelicans Heat as the first game. Uh, then Warriors, Bucks, Nets, Celtics, Mavs, Lakers, and wrapping it up with a classic rivalry of Clippers Nuggets. Uh, can the Clippers avenge the three-one blown lead? Ooh. What are some of your favorite matchups for Christmas? I think, I mean, my favorite two are. It would have been Warriors, Bucks with Clay coming back, but that's yeah. that's down the Um I think definitely Nets, Celtics. Got to see what the Nets can do. And then Mavs Lakers, that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun matchup. Uh, I mean, obviously Pelicans Heat, they're all great matchups. But I think my top two are Nets Celtics to see what the Nets are all about, and then Mavs Lakers because who doesn't love to see Luca? Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm interested to see Clippers Nuggets uh, to kind of rematch of the um, playoffs there. That'll be fun. And then Mavs Lakers is gonna be good with uh, Luca potentially being an MVP candidate this year. And then no. LeBron and AD, and I guess Kristaps Porzingis too. Can't forget about him. Uh, Nets Celtics will be just kind of a funny, fun one. Uh, you got a ri- two rising teams in the East, one on the younger side, one on the older side. You get the uh, the Kyrie revenge game on Christmas. <laughs> True. Uh, can't get a better present than that. But uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to the most because all the other ones are just great matchups that we saw last year. But Nets felt—I mean, we don't. Yeah, who knows? I mean, anyone the Nets play—that that, that'll be fun to see what Kyrie and KD can do. And then, of course, you know DeAndre Jordan. Can't forget about him. The third, third member of the big three. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, in other news, we have Malik Beasley. Oh. Got himself into some hot water. Uh, the last day or so. Um, Malik got caught in 4K HD simping over Scottie Pippen's estranged wife, Larsa Pippen. Uh, he was he was photographed surfaced uh, of him 
uh, in public with her holding hands. Uh, and then a completely separate incident on Instagram with, I think, some model where he was simping over her in the DMs, and then he sent her this, like, long email, like, talking about, like, how he can take care of her. Um, so these are two separate women. Uh, Malik Beasley, by the way, is married, has a kid. Um, yeah. His wife uh, publicly filed for divorce. Um, Larsa Pippen, uh, on the other hand, has been around the block a few times. Uh, she... Previously in the news, I had to get some of this gossip from my girlfriend, Sarah, who's more plugged in with, like, the, the Kardashian scene. But uh, okay. Larsa Pip, Pippen got mad at Khloe Kardashian when she got back together with Tristan Thompson because Larsa Pippen had an affair with uh, Tristan Thompson first. Um, and then she also has had rumored relations with the rapper Future. Um Somebody, somebody on Twitter said that uh, Larsa Pippen's been in the league longer than Malik Beasley has. So take that for what you will. Um, okay. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this uh, on this incident? I don't. I mean, look. <laughs> I mean, maybe he will take care of it. Maybe he feels yeah. a calling. But I mean, monogamy is overrated, overrated anyway. I just don't like how we have a more clear picture of, of them together than we do of the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, um, just a UFO. Like it's what the people have, want. It's not what it's not what I want. <laughs> I want people to, if they're happy with their spouse, to stay with their spouse. Well, and if they're not, I guess I don't want them to be with. I want them to be happy. Yeah, tell that to Scotty Pippen. Tell that to Chris Humphreys. <laughs> yeah. I, I, how, can we make a all-NBA team of Kardashian uh, exes? Nope. I, th- I think that would be a pretty decent lineup. Jordan Clarkson, Tristan Thompson, Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons. Wasn't Kyle Kuzma in there? No. I don't think Kyle Kuzma was in there. Travis Scott? <laughs> Hey, Travis Scott, didn't he uh did he play in the celebrity game at one point? I don't know. I think he I thought he might have. Maybe maybe not. I know Quiver did. But um Anyway. Do you have a, do you have, do you have anything to add to this at all? No, I didn't have, I didn't really have anything to add to begin with. And I don't have <laughs> <definitely don't. laughs> Yeah, in uh in other news that happened this week, uh something that light light Lit the internet on fire a little bit. Uh, Nate Robinson uh, getting folded like a chair in his boxing match against YouTuber Jake Paul. Uh, the NBA community had had a lot to weigh in uh, the night that happened. There were uh, a lot of tweets out there, uh, players sending their condolences or uh, ribbing them a bit. Uh Trey Young, I recall in particular, said that uh, they should have stopped the fight earlier because there's no way Nate's remembering any part of that fight. Uh, Aisha Curry came to his defense saying, you know what, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. What matters is that you try new things, and I'm proud of Nate for trying something new. So that that's something to hang your hat on. You know, I, Nate Robinson deserves all the praise in the world for getting in the ring, but... This is not YouTuber Jake Paul. This is a guy who's been grinding to oh, become God. a 
boxer. No, no, like legit. Like this dude is training along. Like, just oh, you can't just say YouTuber Jake Paul. This guy has been in the gym more than Mike Tyson has in, in preparation for his fight. Mike Tyson would have wrapped his shit. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Saying like Jake Paul was prepping for this, and also he's got the reach, he's got the height, he's got. There is no reason for this to even be a fight to begin with. Yeah, Nate Robinson is a is a little little guy. Jake Paul's way taller than him. They're the same weight class technically, but like that reach, like you can't beat that in a boxing match. And also, uh, I heard Nate Robinson. I didn't watch the fight. I saw the highlight of Nate Robinson just getting like put to knocked sleep. down. Got knocked down three times. But I saw I heard he was pretty wild the entire fight. He was kind of just like flailing around like a raggedy Andal. He was just he, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he was Jake Paul's got his you know playing like the peekaboo <laughs> stance like Mike Tyson over here and and they just had different expectations for the fight in my opinion. But credit credit to Nate for taking it like taking it like a champ. Try new things. Try new Tried things. It. Posting after about it on Instagram like seven times. So I had like seven posts after the fight. Just talking about how he's going to come back stronger. Hope <laughs> he doesn't. Um, in the ring at least. Um, but Nate, I always, always love Nate. So. Gotta love Nate. Shout out to Nate. <laughs> One more bit of uh, news tidbit before we uh, move on to our next segment. Austin Rivers. Uh, in, I guess he was quoted saying that he chose the Knicks despite four other playoff teams being interested in him. What are your thoughts on that, Zach? I I like the mentality because you left out the part where, and you don't leave out, where you sent me the part where he's talked about how players are going with the wave and signing with championship teams. So I like the I like the mentality of carving your own path, taking the road less traveled. But if you got four championship teams offering you maybe the, the same deal or better or and you take that, but they I definitely weren't. Had... They definitely weren't offering him. Well, maybe they would have. I mean, I was what thinking was that he signed for a little bit more money. Wait, what is this? No, he he only signed for a three-year, ten million dollar contract. So that's like three, that's three, three and a third per season, basically. I mean, you know, maybe it's like what we talked about last podcast. How we wanted Kuzma. Maybe Kuzma would benefit from a worse team. Maybe Austin Rivers. Feels like his game because he had spurts. He had a forty-point game last year, so in spurts, he was great off the bench. I liked his game, so maybe he feels like, "Hey, I'm going to take the pay cut now, but I'm going to be able to show that I can lead a team. I can be a, a scoring two guard, a scoring one guard. I mean, he, he's not. A, he's more like that Malcolm Brogdon kind of point guard where he's not looking to pass, he's looking to score. So I don't. He's not really a starting. His defense is okay. He's he's cagey, but he's not. He doesn't have the physical. So. I just I don't know what his plan is, but maybe he's trying to put up some stats to get a better contract. If I if I'm yeah, but that's it's a three year deal though. Like if it's a one year prove it contract, I maybe get it. But like <laughs> if I'm if I'm Austin Rivers, I am offended that the Knicks are only offering me like three million a year, basically. Like the Knicks have all the cap space in the world. You don't think that they could have signed him to like a bit of a higher contract, unless he thinks he's going to be out of the league if he doesn't like sign a like a longer-term deal. Like three years is a lot to be on the Knicks for on that low of money. Like I feel like he could have gotten something a little bit better. Plus New York, and he's going from Houston, obviously no state income tax, to New York that has one of the highest state income taxes. So he, that $10 million is going, not going as far. But, hey, it's the Mecca, it's the Mecca of basketball. Yeah, maybe he just wants to be in New York. You know, he's chasing the market. Big, big market 
uh, draw. But quote unquote four other playoff teams, like that seems like kind of like a <laughs> like if you're going to the Knicks, like come on, you're gonna choose a playoff team over that, even if you're signing for the minimum. Like the vet men can't pay much less for him for as that long as he's like, been in the league. That means like, like two two million. That's what Delhi got. Yeah, I get, mean, like, Austin, how long has Austin Rivers been in the league? He's got to be at least seven or eight seasons by now, right? Like, the bet men increases every year that you've been in the league. Like, you, you get more as an older player. So, like, can't be that far off from $3 million. And if he had playoff teams chasing him, why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Like, you might get a bigger deal by contributing on a real team. You know? Who knows? But Who knows? I, just, I, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, moving on to highly anticipated portion of the show, uh, Zach's Uh-oh. baby, Deli Desktop. All right. So this isn't so much about Delhi, but it will be in a little bit. It's more... It's more about Australia in general. Um, moment of silence, even while the music may or may not be playing in the background, that Bogut is announcing his retirement. And, you know, former first-round pick, guy who changed the league by getting hurt and allowing Kyrie and LeBron to score 41 points a game in the finals after he got hurt. But Unfair, unfair. Shout-out to Bogut. Um, so, but how does this come back to Delhi, you may ask? It's just, it's just... <laughs> it's just bad for Australian basketball, man. They have 14 appearances in the Olympics, and they have no medals to show for it. And my question is, does Delhi deserve a medal? Delhi deserves a medal for how he locked down Steph Curry in the 2015 finals. So this is Delhi in the 2016 Olympics. Per 36 minutes, per 36, international stats, those are the kind of numbers we're cranking over here. Sorry, 2016 yeah, finals. <laughs> But go ahead. That was going to bother me if I didn't get that right. It's okay. No one's listening. (laughs) Uh, After those finals in the 2016 Olympics, he averaged, per 36, 14 points. Wow. 11 assists. Incredible. Then, then, on 46.7% three-point shooting. And somebody told me that his shot needs fixing. Who said that? You did. (laughs) <laughs> you did. <laughs> so, actually, I did. I, he shot 20%. <laughs> in, 20, in 2016, he was at 46 points. That was prime Delhi, though. That, that was that was oh. prime years Delhi. That was before he got that the big was, deal. That was two deal Delhi. <laughs> so, shout out to Bogut. And, you know, this Del- is Delhi big. loses the key contributor for that Australian national team. We're going to see how that yeah. works out. But he retired from the NBA, so maybe he'll come back for uh, the 2021 Summer Olympics. Yeah. Bogut never – I don't think he ever said he was retiring from Australian basketball, so we'll see. (laughs) Well, we'll be all over that. Bucks legend Andrew Bogut. Shout out. Defensive stud. All right. Uh, That brings us to the mailbag portion of the show, the part of the show where we answer listener-submitted questions. First off, from at David Dunn twenty one, who is the best player on the Bucks that you would trade for acceptable uniforms? Oh come on! Okay, as the resident Bucks 
you get you take it obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm with David Dunn twenty one on this one. Those 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 jerseys are not heat. I'm sorry. They, the Bucks released for those of you who don't know some blue jerseys are supposed to represent Lake Michigan and the water around Milwaukee because Milwaukee's meaning in Native. Uh, American language means gathering place by the water, so they try to do a city edition jersey that kind of uh, represented that. But it just doesn't, they just don't look like Bucks jerseys. They're kind of like, there's three shades of blue, they got little waves in them. Not a fan. So back to the question who's the best player on the Bucks you would trade for acceptable uniforms? Uh, hmm. Let's see. I'd let go of uh, I'd let go of Bobby Portis for some for some. Oh! You, went, you, went, you went to six man territory. Bobby Portis is not six man territory. Seven man. I mean, the Bucks the Bucks could find another suitable big man replacement for Bobby Portis. Last podcast, you're talking about how he's going to stretch the floor with his 35% three-point Listen, shooting. I'm as big of a Bobby Portis fan as anyone I know. I might be the biggest Bobby Portis fan in the world. That won't stop me from getting the Bucks back in those purple and green jerseys that we so often cover, covet. Purple is just a couple of shades away from blue, my friend. <laughs> That's true. They could have gone with some indigo, maybe? Maybe maybe give a little bit of a, a nod to their heritage, you know? I just think that you guys, like, the Bucks put on an absolute clinic in marketing for this. Like, they <laughs> a bridge, okay? They hyped this bitch up. And yeah, it's they, 2020. What a picture of Lake Michigan. They, they, they did a little fireworks show by the lake where they unveiled the colors. And you guys still found a way to hate on that. That's right. Unbelievable. Yeah, until, until 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 Giannis signs the Supermax, I'm gonna hate on anything the Bucks marketing team tries to put together. How about that? Stays, he stays because of how good the fucking jerseys are. Yeah, I do too. I hope I hope the I hope the jerseys were Giannis's idea. <laughs> I, I hope that's that's gonna be the joint announcement. It's gonna be Giannis wearing the blue the blue water jerseys as he signs the Supermax. That's my dream. What was interesting last time we talked about way too much about this, but yeah, this what was is interesting. Is when they re- when they revealed it, it was Middleton's jersey. It wasn't Giannis's jersey. I don't see what your point is. My point is, he's the highest Ryan. played player on their roster right now. Of course, they're going to put Chris Middleton in that jersey. That's 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 the guy. That's 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 the, the main now. attract main attraction. Yeah. Uh, moving on uh, to our next uh, listener submitted question. This this listener wanted to specifically ask me to remain anonymous for this question. Um, take that for oh. what you will. It, it, so the question is: Is Russell Westbrook the key to the Wizards being the one seed in the East? I just don't understand. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for all your questions. Short, short answer: Yes. I just like there's so many memes on Twitter talking about how it's going to be coming down to the final wire and Bradley Beal wants to take the final shot hear me out hear me out hear me out which team in the east is going to be trying during the regular season this year again 
What'd you say? The, the, what, which team in the East is going to be trying during the, during the regular season again? I mean, the Bucks learned their lesson. They've been the one seed in the East the last two years. Fizzle out in the playoffs back-to-back years. Uh, we got the Nets with KD and Kyrie. They're not going to be trying during the regular season. Are you kidding me? That's going to be like a that's going to be like a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard situation. They don't have a bench to play. They have to play. They got their team made the playoffs as a seventh seed without either of them last year. They'll be fine. They got Joe Harris back on a huge contract. They got uh, DeAndre Jordan in there. <laughs> okay, look, they they may they may tear up some of these teams. They're going to win forty plus games. They're going to make the playoffs. But I, and look, John Wall coming back if John Wall is healthy. Hey, so, that's that's the West. Would, that's the West. Oh, oh you're talking about for the Wizards. The Wizards would have been would have been in the playoffs anyway. So <laughs> it's not like so. What I'm Westbrook, they'll be fine maybe in the regular season, but playoff time comes around. The Westbrook, the Houston fans, Thunder fans, all know UCLA fans, all know and love, will come out in full force. Oh yeah, this is this is going to be a this is going to be a nice forty forty three and forty one team. It's going to be great. Forty three and thirty nine. There's seventy two games. I can't even do math. All right, moving on to the next question. We spent way <laughs> too long on this. Uh, What's the plan like for every- DJ Wilson? This is another Bucks fan uh, <laughs> contributing. Uh, <laughs> DJ Wilson. Uh, wait, let me get let me get this listener right. Sorry. At Sports Nuts Six asks, "What's the plan for DJ Wilson?" The plan for DJ Wilson was to be a trade filler for Bogdan Bogdanovich. That was DJ Wilson's plan for this year. Uh, now his plan is to be <laughs> the third string power forward behind Giannis and. Jordan, um, hopefully traded by the deadline. That's that's my plan for DJ Wilson. I don't think you'd have anything to add, right, Zach? My only DJ Wilson story is I went to the Rockets Bucks game when Giannis threw the ball at Harden, and I think DJ Wilson had like twenty points that game, or like seventeen, and that's like his best game ever. And so, um, I think he's got a lot of potential, but he's just you know. He's you're like gonna... your your relationship with DJ Wilson as a Rockets fan is like my relationship with Luke Cornett as a Bucks fan. Like Luke Cornett went off for like thirty points one time when we played the Knicks, and I was like, "Wow, Luke Cornett, you know, better than Laurie Markkinen maybe." So that's uh, <laughs> that's that's the uh, one game sample size that we both suffer from. Uh, moving on to the next question in our listener submitted question mailbag, we have from Noah. What do you guys think of the Thunder collecting first-round picks like Pokemon and controlling the next 10 years of the draft? So I did a little research on this question uh, before the show. Uh, I saw an article. This was written before they traded Steven Adams as part of the Drew Holiday trade and got a pick back. So before that, uh, OKC could have up to 17 first-round picks through 2026. That's Holy an average shit. of more than two per year. Uh, and that's that's on the high end if all of the protections work out for them when they get first-round picks because um, probably a couple of them either just, like, are void or they turn into seconds or something. Um, but at maximum, they could get 17 first-round picks through 2026. Uh, if the Rockets, Sixers, or Clippers are bad in the coming years, those could be multiple lottery picks per year for the Thunder. Uh 
Rockets, <laughs> they could be uh, turning that direction sooner rather than later with the acquisition of a number two from the Wizards. Um, Sixers, I think they'll probably be okay as long as they retain their core. And Bede seems like a pretty loyal guy. And if, you know, God forbid, Harden goes to the Sixers, they'll be fine. Clippers, on the other hand, that's like that one- to two-year window with Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, the Clippers could be very bad in the coming years, especially by 2026. So, Yeah, I mean, you raise great points. This is definitely something to follow. Um you know, it, you know, in finance, you talk about the time value money and how the money's worth more now than it is in the future, and you discount everything back. But um, in this case, it's a little different because patience may be playing, may may set up the Thunder amazingly, and they may, they, you know, they're going to be in the Danny Ainge situation, but even more so. Are they going to be trading these picks for players, or are they going to be just developing like a, a massive farm system and just having some studs um, and just rolling with that? So it'll be definitely interesting to see um, how they go, maybe a combination. But um, Sam Presti is, you know, sacrificing um, today for the future. And even when you sacrifice today for the future, they took the Rockets to seven games. So they can still be competitive. They lost all, like they lost Chris Paul and uh, Gallo and Schroeder from that team. But Blue Dort, man. Yeah, Sam, Sam Hinkie is jealous right now. Yeah. Trust the process, part two, Oklahoma <laughs> City Thunder edition. Without tanking, though. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. It, we'll see if they uh, actually use these picks because there's no way they can draft all these players. I'm sure some of these will be like included in trades, unless they want to be Danny Ainge and just leak out that they almost got Anthony Davis every offseason after the trade deadline or whatever. So we'll see how that works out for the Thunder. Uh, well, up next. Up next, we have the Bargain Bin, the segment of the show where we use stats to talk about unnamed players. And that aren't always on bargains. Yeah, I mean, the Bargain Bin is kind of... The the name itself really doesn't make sense uh, (laughs) in some cases with how we play this game, but we're going to roll with it anyway because we can't think of a better name for this segment. So, uh... Would you like to go first, Zach, or should I? I want you to go first, baby. Okay. Let me get my notes together here. So over the past two seasons, only six players have averaged at least 20 points per game and eight assists per game for a season. And this is like at least in one season over the past two seasons. Not the two seasons together, but just in one of the seasons. So not, you know, rolling over for the two seasons. Only six players, 20 and 8. Can you name them? Possibly. Um, Harden? Nope. He never never averaged at least eight? Three years ago he did. Okay. Uh, Westbrook? Yes, Westbrook did. In 2018-2019, so that was two seasons ago. Okay, um, LeBron? LeBron did it both seasons. 2018-2019 and 2019-2020. So you got two of the six players. Did Giannis squeak in this year? Nope. He didn't average enough assists, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Um... Do you need a hint? No. 
Um, potentially. I mean, I would say Chris Paul, but Chris Paul never averaged over 20. So, um, let's see here. I oh, man. Think, think about these high usage guys. Jokic? Not Jokic. Never averaged over. Okay, I'll take some hints. Another European player is in this uh, in this group. Luca? Yes. Luca okay. did it this season. Okay, I'll take that. Uh, did Kemba? Nope. No Kemba. We have three guards left. Three guards. From this past season, one of them from the season before. Well, this is what um, I get for seeing this question earlier and not preparing for it. Um, nope, you're you're going into this raw. This is, I am. This is Zach's knowledge in all its glory. Kyle Lowry? No. Okay. No, I don't think he averaged enough points. Probably not. I think he might have had this. This is top twenty and eight. There's not many guys. I know there's not many guys. Six players across two seasons averaged twenty and eight. We've got LeBron, Westbrook, and Luca. There's three more. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I need some more hints. Okay. Um. One of them. Same draft class as Luca. Trey Young? Yeah. Trey Young did it this year. Wow. He had, he had that many assists. Yeah. And he's a high usage guy. He's like the only guy powering yeah. that Atlanta offense. And they were okay. a pretty decent offense. Terrible defense, but. Okay. I'll give you another hint. One of these yeah. players we named on the show earlier. Oh, God. Ben, this is brutal, man. We're number two. We're number two. We're number two. John Wall, baby! I didn't think he played. 28-8 with the Wizards through 22 or 23 games. 20-8. and Man, I I know he's a 28-4 guy. (laughs) I just did a 23-8-4 guy. And then the other other one was Dame Lillard. Should have gotten that one. Didn't think he averaged that many assists. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy. So Westbrook and John Wall showing up on this list. A flip of the oh. twenty and eight guys. I uh, what a haul for the Rockets. Okay, so do you have a broader point to this? No, or? I don't. I just thought just, it was. I thought it was funny. Just for a waste of time. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're okay, here for. mine mine's a little bit more manageable. Okay. It's just one player. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is a little bit of a wordy question. Put some filters on the old NBA.com here. All right, I'm going to focus here. All right. One guard in the last two years, not named Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook, or DeMar DeRozan. Uh, let me start over. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I know how hard you're focusing. Name one guard in the last two years. Not named Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook, or DeMar DeRozan to play at least 30 minutes and be in the bottom 10 in worst three point percent shooting. Uh, 
Okay. Not named Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons, or who was the third one? Sorry. DeRozan. DeRozan. Uh, the last, last, last okay. two years. Does John Paul count? Uh, yeah. But, but no. he didn't play a lot. He didn't. He had to be in both years. Oh, okay. Eric Bledsoe? Nope. Hmm. Okay. Um, Andre Roberson probably didn't play in the last two years. He didn't play this year, right? No. Okay. Um, he averaged 30 points per game, or 30 minutes per game. Okay. Uh, a guard. He's a terrible shooter. And where's Tony Allen at when you need him? <laughs> um, Matthew Dellavedova. No. <laughs> played like five minutes a game last year. <laughs> uh, okay, I need some hints. I need some hints. Okay, he um he is also a top ten player in the league. He's a guard? Yeah. A guard. He's a top ten player in the league. Okay. Um, hmm. Top ten player in the league who doesn't shoot. He's a guard. Okay. Uh, you gave me. Okay. So he plays in the West. He plays in the West. And he's playing on Christmas Day. <laughs> um. And he's also a European player. Is this Luca? It's Luca. Okay. He, what do you mean by top? What do you mean bottom player of the league in shooting? What do you mean uh, by that? No, I mean in the last back to back years, the last two NBA seasons, of the guards, of the guards, to play at least thirty minutes. Uh huh. He was in the bottom ten. Percentage-wise, a three-point percent shooters, three-point shooters, or three-point percentage. Yeah, because he yeah. shot like what thirty-one percent from three this year. Yep, exactly, exactly. Thirty-one point six percent this year, and thirty-two point seven percent last year. Okay. Well, you have to take into account volume and and no doubt difficulty no doubt. attempts. He's like I Kobe. Totally, He's like Kobe. I totally agree. I told I was just it was just something that was interesting okay. to me. All yeah. right. I, I don't think of Luca as a poor shooter, which is why I was having a really tough time with that question. And I don't either. And I didn't go like that's the thing. I didn't go into it looking for any one guy. I just went into it to see what would happen. What's and, your uh, broader what's your broader point, Zach? Or is it just wasting broader, everyone's time? No, my broader point is exactly <laughs> what you said is these get like like Kobe, Dwayne Wade. Not Dwayne Wade, but Kobe, Luca, any guys who have even Harden. His three-point percentage isn't what you think for his volume, but it's a volume guy, and he's going to be taking those contested threes. So we shouldn't. Sometimes three-point percentage isn't everything we need to look at, especially when he's being asked to take all the shots. No one's no one's setting screens for him, and it makes it for Porzingis when he drives. But no one's he's no not doing any backcourt cuts. He's running the offense, so he's he's got to take those shots. Yeah. Yep. Completely agree with that. All right, moving on to the final segment of the program, the transaction traffic reports, part of the show where we talk about some notable transactions that we saw this week. Uh, first off, LeBron James earlier today signed a two – this is being recorded Wednesday, uh, 
for those of you who don't know, episode dropping tomorrow morning. LeBron signs a two-year, $85 million extension with the Los Angeles Lakers, taking him through 2022-2023. That's the back end of his 30s. Is that approaching his 40s? That's getting no doubt. That's, yeah, get, that's getting to maybe 40? What is he right now? He's 35. Okay. I'm, I'm saying that with every confidence in the world. I don't think he's 35. I think he's a little older than 35. Isn't he? Anyway, not important. He'll be turning 36 in December. So, key to this, little tidbit, his son, Bronny, could be eligible for the 2023 draft if the league and the NBAPA, NBPA change the high school to pro rule, which is something that's been discussed for the next collective bargaining agreement. Make it happen. So he's planning his uh, future around Bronny. What could that mean for the league in 2024? 2023, 2024. That'd be pretty fun. Uh, still not as much as John Wall's making. Sadly. Or Westbrook. Or <laughs> All these players on the end of their deals, they're going to be making more than LeBron is. And that's just a super, that's what you do. Giannis will be making more than LeBron in his final years of his deal. So we can't criticize it. I'm not criticizing. I'm just I'm making a <laughs> mental note here. Making a mental note. Uh, in other news, LiAngelo Ball signing an Exhibit 10 deal with the Detroit Pistons. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Exhibit 10 deals are basically uh, non-guaranteed minimum contracts. Uh, the thing is, if you waive them after training camp, there's an incentive. I think it's like $50,000 where if they sign with the G League team, they get that incentive. So it's basically like a non-guaranteed training camp deal with an incentive for them to sign with the Pistons G League team. So LeVar Ball wins again, gets his third son an NBA contract, no matter how small or insignificant that might be. Uh, It does seem a little bit uh, strange that the Pistons are willing to sign LiAngelo Ball and not keep uh, Zaire Smith on because they acquired Zaire Smith in a trade from the Philadelphia uh, 76ers. So unless Zaire Smith's medical report was bad, I don't really understand why they'd give LiAngelo Ball a chance and not him because Zaire Smith is a former first-round pick. That's right, yeah. Um I saw, I mean, we watched Leandro's ball, Leandro Ball's uh, workout with the Lakers last year. He looked slow. He looked lethargic. So He's not an NBA player. He's just, uh, he's just not. And maybe he, maybe he's been working, maybe he's been getting in shape, but he looked really out of shape last year, and he's got to work hard to make a roster. Also, I'm fairly uh, certain he's like a small forward. He's not even like a backcourt player, which is kind of what the a three. Pistons need right now. <laughs> they don't really need any more forwards or bigs. Um, but yeah. Anything more to add on uh, the the ball news? It's just fun to keep up with, but um, I'm rooting for him. It the seems ball like brand he's got... strikes again. Yep. Our last bit of uh, news from transaction traffic reports: Nick Batum signs with the Clippers. Uh, little Shams bomb today. Uh, Wait, is, he, is this 2012? He's going to be joining Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, <laughs> Gabby Jordan, J.J. Reddick. He'll be the three. Lob City. 
They finally, oh. The Clippers finally get the three that they needed. It's not Paul Pierce. It's not Matt Barnes. <laughs> not Jared oh. Dudley. Not Jared Dudley. <laughs> oh, it's not... Uh, oh. Danny Granger. <laughs> they didn't have him, did they? No. Yeah. Wait, who? Danny Granger? No way. Yeah. Did they? Or so? yeah. Wow. I don't remember we'll, that. We'll fact check that. <laughs> they had a... Oh, man. They had, like six to eight guys that they cycled through at starting power forward, that team. Wesley uh, Johnson? Wesley Johnson? Remember him? Uh, yeah, Danny Granger played in 2015 for the Clippers, uh, Miami Heat, Phoenix Suns, and Pistons. Oh, wow. Okay, I remember him with the Heat briefly. I didn't know it was that brief, but... <laughs> you can, So, back to the Shams thing. You can always tell when the agent is feeding... Uh, these reporters, like, a little PR statement. Because uh, Shams tweets, Batum gives the Clippers multi-positional versatility on both ends of the floor. Uh, Come on. <laughs> meanwhile, he's averaging basically 3.6 points per game in 23 minutes for the Charlotte Hornets. I think it was, like, 35% from the field and, like, 29% from three. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you could call that positional versatility if, you know, you just want a terrible player across multiple positions. Be <laughs> um, sure Doc Rivers didn't do this, like, as, like, a final move, but they just, like, finally, like, retroactively, like, win the place. Like, this is such a Doc Rivers thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Uh, <laughs> but, uh Yeah. I think that's all we have for today's episode. Uh, look out next week for Zach and I to talk about more about the Clippers with some Paul George and Kawhi Leonard drama. Oh. Uh, little piece that the Athletic dropped today, as well as a Paul George interview that we're going to be excited to talk about next week. So look out for that. Um, you can find us here at the Backseat GM on Twitter at Backseat GM Pod. You can also find us on Instagram. Same handle, at Pod. We'll be pumping out episodes weekly now. Uh, every Thursday morning, they'll be dropping. Uh, Zach and I record Wednesday nights. Um, and then you can also look out for some interview episodes you might have coming up with some special guests. So, oh. yeah. Content, content machines, Zach and I are. Uh, <laughs> we give up our Wednesdays so you can stay in tune to the NBA. The official Baxi GM for all 30 teams. <laughs> okay. talk, talk to you next week, Zach. Talk to you next week, my friend.